Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome. Uh, this is Mobility and Inclusion. I am Harut Markarian, and my guest today is the award-winning actress, motivational speaker, writer, and comedian, Don Grabowski. Don has written, produced, performed, and presented Always Going Up. She is the past winner of the Christopher Reeves Acting Scholarship Competition. Don received her first big break in 1996 when she appeared in the movie Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise. In 2009, Don received the Red Carpet Award from Women in Theater. And without any further ado, I want to welcome Don Grabowski. Thank you for inviting me. Don, uh, thank, you for uh, thank you for accepting my invitation and being <laughs> with me on mobility and inclusion. Um, welcome. I want to open up with, you know, um, I, I saw an interesting uh, thing on your, on your uh, website that says you earned a degree in theater uh, arts and uh, paralegal studies. Now, this kind of like, uh, and I'm not, I'm not an actor or an act, I'm not an actor, I have nothing to do with, you know, that industry. But, you know, if I think about theater, theater arts and paralegal studies, there's kind of like, don't mesh in my brain. I don't know how is that. Can you please explain that? Well, it was kind of an evolution. Um, my Bachelor of Arts, uh, is, the first one was in theater arts because uh, my passion has always been acting and uh, was theater before I came to California. I had no film experience before I came to California um, to pursue my uh, film and television dreams. Mm -hmm. uh, but what had happened was as life progresses, as it, as it does, I wanted to try to get myself more financially stable. And the people that I knew that had, um, that had disabilities were doing well as disability advocates um, uh, in the legal profession or they were computer people. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not a tech person. Um, it's been quite a challenge sheltering at home, trying to figure out my own studio and my own lights and, and uh, just setting up for this interview has been um, a little bit of a challenge because uh, technically that's not where my head is at. Um, and I've always been a disability advocate. It's very re rewarding work, but it doesn't pay well. So my thought process at the time was, um, if I go back to school and get a paralegal degree because I have a disability, most people wouldn't give me a shot in a new field. So I felt like if I got a paralegal degree, so now I have a Bachelor of Science in Paralegal Studies, um, I could get a um, job in a small production company and meld my two worlds together. Unfortunately, that never happens. As a person with a disability, it's very hard uh, to get a day job. Um, so I have a lot of technical and theoretical experience when it comes to paralegal studies, but I don't have any practical experience in the, in the, uh, in the, in the working world, for lack of better words. So it was kind of an evolution of how that happened. But the thought process was, I'm going to get myself more financially stable, and I could work part-time at a production company a couple days a week, still pursue my acting and my comedy dreams and all my 
artistic dreams and be um, off the system, um, the disability system and um, be doing a little bit better financially. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way, but hey, knowledge is power. So I do have Absolutely. a little more knowledge when I read my theatrical contracts, when I book jobs, I have a little more sense what they're talking about in the contract. So it's, it was a win-win any way you look at it. Uh, it, it, it sounds like a win-win, but uh, you said two things that uh, kind of disrupted my uh, thinking process right now. You said it's hard to get a job when um, for a day job for people with disabilities, right? I'm, I want to, I want to. It's hard to get a job, a period, if you have a disability that's visible. Yeah, well, I want to focus on that a little bit. And then you said uh people with disabilities don't earn uh, as much correct um in the working if you're in the system um if you have a disability check everyone i know that gets a disability check lives below the poverty level wow okay those so you know we can <laughs> now i had a set of questions prepared for you now you disrupted that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. This is good, though. This is good. Um, now, let's uh, talk about an experience you had where um, you applied for a regular job. And because of your external apparent disability, as you put it, you weren't able to get it. Yep. A lot of times, my experience has been when I go in to walk, walk in on my crutches or go into my wheel with my wheelchair, a lot of times uh, my experience in the past has been, they don't even give me an application. They come up with an excuse not to give me the application. And I've written, um, I'm also a sit down comic because I'm not qualified to stand. So I've written routines about this because I feel like the way to educate people is through humor. Because if you can make them laugh, you can, um, it's a wonderful thing, but if you can make them laugh and think and think about it after the set is over and after they leave the comedy club or shut off the camera for the Zoom comedy, um, you've, you've done more for, for at least that's the way I look at it with my career and, and putting myself out there and myself forward. I truly agree with that. I think humor is a great way of uh, delivering a message. Uh, that's, Absolutely. That's, that's great. Um, it still doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't uh, cover up the fact that um, you didn't even receive an application when you walk into a job, a potential job, a potential opportunity. Right. Yeah. Uh, which, um, which, which is why uh, I, I, I created mobility and inclusion, which is why we're trying to change that perception and stigma. Um, now let's, let's move on from this topic. Uh, you've been a co-star in SWAT on CBS uh, and the bad girls guide on UPN and the guest star in ER on NBC. What was your experience playing these roles? They were wonderful experiences. Um, uh, go, working backwards a little bit, uh, SWAT was the most recent um, uh, theatrical experience I had. And that was very exciting because that was the first time that I was hired and it had nothing to do with my disability. They were just open to diversity and I happened to be right for the role and they were willing. They didn't care that I was a secretary that walked with crutches. 
you know, so That's that awesome. was very exciting because normally it's the, you're the woman in the wheelchair or you're the lady on crutches or you're the, or you're the disabled character and you usually don't even have a name. So mm -hmm. it was very exciting to have to, you know, be Susan, the secretary. And there was no mention of my disability at all. It was not part of the, it was not even part of the, you know, the dialogue or anything like that. And it, should, and it shouldn't be, you know, because uh, we're going to come back. And I, I don't want to continue with my thought here because my next question is going to uh, hit on what you just said. And that's, uh, you know, I want to talk about your philosophy of, of looking beyond the packaging, which, which I think dovetails in a nice way into what you were just saying. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, we're all human beings, we all have blood in our veins, you know, I just walk in a room a little bit differently, or, you know, sometimes I roll in a room, it depends on the day and where I'm going and how I'm feeling that day. So it's just a matter of, yeah, I don't look like what Hollywood quote unquote says, typically a leading lady is supposed to look like, but, you know, myself and others are trying to change that because, you know, we want to see more of the American scene and we want to see different cultures and different um, diversity all over because, you know, it's 2021, it's time. Yep, it's absolutely. more than time. Absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Uh, diversity is important. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times when diversity is mentioned, we, we mention uh, colors. They, we forget that there are other types of diversity that are uh, equally important and we should embrace it. Um, absolutely. You, know, you mentioned you were a sit-down comic. Uh, like, how did you stumble on, on, on being a comic? Uh, that's another thing of evolution. I constantly, um, as, as you will realize in life, as I, I feel in life as, a, as well as the entertainment industry, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And you always have to figure out ways to reinvent yourself because um, especially with technology now, there are so many opportunities. The more, the more you can, you know, Yes, I'm an actor and that's my passion, but you know, I've also written and I've also produced and I've also created content. And so um, it was just at a point in my life where um, I needed I needed some laughter and I needed some good things to happen and I stumbled across a comedy class on a Groupon back when they used to have Groupons and I went for a weekend seminar and the weekend seminar turned into seven years later of, of learning how to, you know, tell jokes about my situation. And, and I'm, I'm kind of a comic that tells stories and is more of an observe, um, more of a storyteller common, a comic as opposed to an observational comic. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I actually, uh, uh, watched a little bit of your uh, comedy on, on on your website and uh, the one when you you uh, the presenter I don't know if, if that was done by uh, by intention the presenter said it's it's going to take her a while to get to get on stage and then you walk in with crutches and then you sit down and you say that's all folks that's me for tonight <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny uh, but well, when you start out as you start out and you're be, uh, considered a beginning beginner comic you usually get 
three minutes top. So oh, it takes me longer than that to get on the stage. So that's why I say that's my time, folks, because <laughs> it takes longer than three minutes for me to get on the stage because most comedy clubs, as most buildings, are not accessible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> Well, that's, that's another thing we discuss a lot in, uh, on mobility and inclusion. Accessibility is uh, one of the uh, key topics and uh, something that we want to educate people on and hopefully uh, impact, uh, influence a change. Um, now, I you said, you know, if you're taking a disability check, you're living beyond the poverty line. Uh, below. Uh, sorry. You know, English is my. I wish it was beyond, but it's yeah, below. Sorry. Uh, well, I wish I was. I wish that was that was the case as well. But uh, yeah. English being my fourth language, sometimes you know, I think in different languages till I get to the English version of it. So Absolutely, it a different, I understand. Different meaning. Um, so, what is the? Uh, let's let's dive into this uh, a little bit. Uh, the disability check and how does the check work? Who is eligible for it? And how helpful or limiting? this can be? Well, I can't speak on how everybody is eligible. I can speak in my situation. Um, I became, um, you officially become eligible when you turn 18, at least in my situation, because I was born with my disability. I was born with spastic cerebral palsy mm -hmm. and it was diagnosed at two, um, two years old, not two o'clock today. We haven't hit two o'clock today. Um, but um, my my parents took me to the doctor because I wasn't sitting up and hitting the milestones that you are supposed to hit as a as a baby. And I was diagnosed approximately around the age of two. Mm -hmm. So when you turn 18, you go to the Social Security office and you apply. And um, now I'm um, in the system. So I get my I get my check direct deposit and it comes the way the government has set me up. The check for me comes on the third of every month. Okay. Uh, can you brief, briefly uh, talk about the different, uh, I don't know if they're organizations or uh, the SSI, the SSDI? Well, the system is very complex and very difficult to wade through. Um, most people don't realize if you're in the, if you have a disability check, you can, no, you can have more than $2,000 in savings at any one time. That's against the rules. If you are, if you have more than two thousand um, dollars, they start looking at your finances and thinking that they should kick you off the program. Um, so that that is always a challenge because you can never really save. Um, um, it depends on how the government classifies you. I'm classified as, um, even though I pay taxes, I'm classified as a dependent adult child with a disability because I was born with my disability. Mm -hmm. So um, every situation is, is different. Um, you are allowed to own a car and in some circumstances you are allowed to own a house, but um, those that's basically the only assets you can have. You can't have stocks or bonds or CDs or anything like that. And like I said, every situation is different. So that's why it's so hard once you're in the system to get out of the system. My goal has always been to get out of the system and live above the poverty level and do better financially. But I mean, as of right now, it's the only way that I could live in California and, and be here and, and, um, California has one of the highest 
um, disability checks in terms of because our our um, this the the standard so the of, of living, living is, is higher so too. higher. Yeah. Um, well, but it's, it's still below the poverty level. Yeah. Um, you know. We can but it's still it way below the poverty level. So, you know, when somebody says, oh, come do this with me. And I'm like, no, it's not in my budget this, this, this month because, you know, we haven't planned it out or something like that. They're like, oh, it's only 20 bucks. It's not a big deal. I'm like, yeah, it is because that 20 bucks will be going for groceries. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what I heard right now, just, uh, it just, I, I just don't understand it because it's, it's, it sounds to me like uh, if you're applying for this check, which you should be entitled as someone with a disability, um, you, they're somehow limiting you and, and they're, they're limiting you a lot, which is why I just recently made a video that talked about uh, uh, money printing, right? And why, why during these days, actually, it's a good thing that you can't save money because saving money is not going to do anything for you uh, because they're printing a lot, uh, you know, a crap load of money. And now that's going to lose its value. The more you print, the more, the more it loses its value. Right. Um, so that it's kind of a good that you're not saving it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but in, yeah, but you would like to have a little bit of a cushion in the bank. Oh, absolutely. Without, <laughs> yeah, the, you know, well, God forbid anything happens and you're 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 screwed, and not in a course, fun way. But the other thing that I was going to say, yes, you you shouldn't save your money, but at the same time, you should invest your money, right? And you're not even allowed to invest. No, you're not. Oh wow. So. A lot of people, um, a lot of people have a misconception They're, they think people on disability are just, you know, lazy and not doing anything and not wanting to work. And, and I, I'm, I'm not going to say that that doesn't exist, that that might exist a, a, a small, 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 small fraction. Mm -hmm. But overall, the people on disability um, really have challenges of some kind, whether they be intellectual or physical, that impede their daily life every day. And the more you try to get ahead, the more the system kind of cut, you know, um, cuts you down. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. a very, it's a very strange place to be. And as somebody for myself, um, that is uh, very fortunate enough to have the cognitive ability. Um, if I'm, I'm beyond the point of working at Goodwill, which is some, most of, of the people with disabilities, I shouldn't say most, but a large majority of people with disabilities work at a place like Goodwill. And mm. that's like beyond me. But by the same token, when I go out in the real world, um, um, prior to the COVID, um, you know, they didn't, it was harder to get a job. It's harder to get a job because they don't like the fact that I walk in with crutches or that I wheel in with crutches. And it's like, and there's all these catch-22s within the company itself. They're like, I'm a person that uses voice recognition. And a lot of the companies will say, oh, you can bring your voice recognition in once you get the job. But you, while you're a temp, you're not allowed to use the voice recognition because we don't want it to mess up our computer 
set up, which is not the case, but that's what they say. So you're you're at a you're at a disadvantage when you start as a temp because you can't work at your full capacity mm -hmm. because you're keep running into all these barriers that you come along. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, well, that uh, you know, it's uh, it looks like our environment is not uh, universally designed. A, it's not accessible. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, people are not accessible, uh, unfortunately. That that can be said in many uh, various areas right. of, of the human life. But uh, uh, but you know uh, this is why this is why this show is uh, is you know is here. This is a, this is why I created mobility and inclusion to talk about these issues and hopefully not hopefully and uh, surely make a change. Uh, towards towards the better and towards the empowerment of all people it doesn't matter whether you have a disability or not uh, when you apply for a job that job should be accessible for everyone and the best person should be employed you know regardless of what's your outside physical appearance or uh, physical abilities or disabilities yeah Do you do the job or not that's what that that should be the the, the focus so. And people with disabilities tend to be very loyal to companies once they get hired because it's so hard to find a job. Yeah, it, and, and, and companies should also look into uh, the, the incentives, even though I don't believe in incentivizing something because I don't believe you, should, you need an incentive to hire a specific or, uh, or, or, or a specific person. Right. But now they have incentives. They should hire people with disabilities. So why not look into it? Right, uh, so that's that's uh, that's something that companies should look into. Um, let's move on to. You said you have cerebral palsy, correct? Yes. Okay. So, what uh, what mobility devices have you used throughout your life, and um, what would you change, uh, maybe like or dislike in them, and may maybe what would you add to make your daily life more efficient? Oh, wow. Um, well, um, cerebral palsy, for if your viewers don't know, is a central nervous system disorder. So it occurs um, primarily at birth or like right around birth. Um, there are other causes, but that was my scenario. So basically the signals from my brain uh, don't get transmitted correctly through, throughout my body. So um, I use, um, as you can see by the backdrop, I use a wheelchair, even if, even if I pretend like I'm flying like Supergirl. Um, I, um, I use a wheelchair, I use um, uh, Canadian forum, uh, two Canadian forum crutches. I use voice recognition has been a real game changer for me. Um, I um, will, um, voice recognition into my phone, email it to myself. And then when I'm feeling up to it, I'll sit in front of my computer and edit. Uh, and that's the way that I've done things. Um, I drive with hand controls, um, which are very expensive and hard to, and cost money to maintain. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of what, I, I think the more it's a double-edged sword because I would like to my my apartment to be more um, computerized, but by the same token, if something were to happen and the internet goes out, then you're totally up a creek. You know, yep, it's yep. like if the internet and the 
and the television and the phone are on the same um, system and something goes wrong, you know, you're really and in a standstill, but I mean, just being a voice recognition, um, I have an Alexa, that's helpful. Um, there are probably so many products that I don't know about that you're probably creating that I'm not even aware of. Um, you know, I have a grabber to pick things up when I, when I drop them. And I believe that you're creating um, robotic arm, which that would be very helpful. Um, that would be something that I would have to do a payment plan with because of my finances. But I, I think that would be very helpful because it's always, I always say it's always nice to have a pair of hand, extra hands around. So I don't care if it's robotic or not. I, I just would like to have the extra pair of hands around. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, since you brought it up, uh, uh, Mike, the, so I created Mobility and Inclusion, the podcast, to talk about these these issues, raise these issues, and uh, and influence a change, and the way, uh, and that's what I want to do for the community. And but how how this podcast helps me is it allows me to do a research on what are the uh, you know uh, what are the products that are needed by the community of people with disabilities. And this is how this podcast helps me and hopefully helps many other companies uh, by listening to this podcast, uh, uh, creating these, these equipment and products to uh, make uh, people with disabilities, uh, such as yourself, more independent and more efficient in their da daily lives. And currently I'm going, uh, so I'm going to release my first prototype which is a robotic arm, like you mentioned, that uh, picks things up from the ground. Uh, and you can uh, remotely automate that uh, or remotely work it. Uh, that way you don't have to bend over, you know, uh, because we know, I, well, I found out that wheelchair users risk of fall when they try to, you know, reach, reach to grab something from the ground. So uh, another guest of mine and a friend of mine who I interviewed on mobility and inclusion, uh, came to me with uh, uh, saying that okay, I have I have this idea, and and I had worked on this project before in my uh, grad uh, program, and I've shown him the concept. He said, "Yep, this is exactly what I was talking about, and it would be really helpful to 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 have this." And so that's what I'm working on right now. Hopefully, I'll re uh, I'm going to release it soon, and uh, uh, I'll you know I'll tell the audience more about it uh, at a later time. And now, um, so what if I were to ask you to uh, name a few tasks that you find yourself uh, usually needing help with, like you, you depend on someone else to do for you, what would that task be? Um, well, I've, I'm really fortunate. I've learned how to be very independent, but I'm not going to lie. If I have help to do the laundry, that's a big game changer because I don't have a washer and dryer within my apartment unit. So it has to be uh, physically picked up and taken somewhere, whether it's the laundry room at the complex or whatever, that's, that's a big thing. Um, you know, I also don't have a dishwasher. So doing dishes is a, is a big thing. Um, I, like I said, I'm, I was very fortunate that I had a mother and a father that wanted me to be as independent as possible. So I've really learned over the years how to, how to, um, 
make things work because, you know, the reality is, is, you know, most of the time you're alone, you know, I, I do have help and, and that's been wonderful, but you know, they're, they're not always here when things happen at, at midnight or two in the morning or, you know, something goes awry. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's uh, that's that's great. I mean, this is something else. Uh, maybe uh, you know, companies who are working on mobility devices and uh, helping individuals become more independent can look into the these stuff, like uh, doing laundry, doing uh, doing the dishes. You know, how can how can they help people such as yourself to you know make that more 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 make that process or task more easy. Right. Yeah, it's the physicality of getting the laundry from point A to point B. It's yeah. not necessarily, you know, turning on the washer and putting the quarters in and paying a lot of money to do the load of laundry because it's a coin operated situation. Yeah. It's the fact that, you know, getting it from your apartment all the way to the laundromat or all the way to the laundry room or whatever mm -hmm. um, that is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, great. So let's. Uh, move on to our final question and that'll be about is it like jeopardy projects yeah the, the time passed quickly right yes is it like the final question in jeopardy <laughs> uh, well we'll see uh, um, so i i want you to uh, tell us the audience uh what are your upcoming projects uh, like anything new you are working on please inform us Oh, well, I'm, I feel very fortunate. I'm working on a new project. It's a whole new concept for me. I'm working with uh, Cityburg Studios and uh, animator by the name of Zach, animator and editor by the name of Zach Wilson. And I'm working on a, it's part, um, it will be part animation and part uh, live action. So I can incorporate my acting abilities and, and some of my sit down comedy abilities. And we're, um, I came up with an idea for, um, for a um, cartoon live action and part live action and part um, animation. It's called The Adventures of the, uh, um, and we're working on the pilot episode right now, but I can tell you that it will be called The Adventures of the Amazing Lady. Wow, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, how can people, uh you know, look at your content, where, the, where, where should they go? How should they find you on the, on the internet, on social media? Please, can you tell us about that too? Oh, yes. Um, the best way to find me is um, my website. My name is Dawn Grabowski, D-A-W-N-G-R-A-B-O-W-S-K-I. So it's dawngrabowski.com. Mm -hmm. um, you could also find me on IMDB, which is the Internet Movie Database. Um, and in terms of social media, I'm currently on Facebook and Twitter, that's at Dawn Grabowski and Instagram is Grabowski Dawn. So it's always my name. It's just a matter of whether it's my first name first or my last name, you know, flip Perfect. it. Yeah. Um, so Insta I on Instagram, it's flipped. But on all the other things I have, I'm, I'm investigating TikTok, but I haven't gotten there yet. So mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah, I will include every uh, single uh, social media uh, channel that you mentioned, your website, when I repost this uh, and, uh, and, and launch it uh, after production, after producing it, uh, I will, you know, obviously include everything related to Don, how you can reach Don, 
and uh, how you can view her work. Uh, yeah, um, I'm an actor, I'm a writer, I'm a content creator, I'm a, I'm a speaker. Um, everything is being done right now over Zoom, but you know, I think that even as the world opens up more, I think Zoom's gonna stick around in terms of the uh, speaking and in terms of some of the comedy uh, in you know the auditioning and stuff. I, I think Zoom is here to stay. Oh, I think so too. And uh, that's good that you're making that transition. That's I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> and Don, thank you very much for being with us today for giving us your time. It was a pleasure having you with us today. Uh, oh, it was a pleasure for the invite. Thank you. I'm always happy to talk about people that want to change the world. I feel in a positive way and um, get, you know, a lot of people, you know, um, with knowledge is power and, you know, through humor, we can educate and through, um, um, through education, we can also educate. And I, I think a lot of your viewers may have been surprised by some of the things I said today. Could be. I, mean, I, I was surprised from, you know, at least a couple of things you said today. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm always learning. I'm, I, I, I constantly learn. So as with every guest, there's something new to learn, you know. Uh, I wanted to say that you talked about the, how, how the, the cerebral palsy affects the nervous system and how the nervous system translates information to different parts of your body, right? And uh, recently, I developed uh, an, a huge interest in studying the nervous system and, and knowing how it's, how, it's, uh, how it's functioned because my ultimate goal is to uh, help uh, amputees uh, with their prosthetics and to um, attach their prosthetics to, to, to their leg or their arm and still have it feel like a limb of their own, not something foreign attached to their body. So and that's that, fantastic. That, that happens through the uh, the nervous system through attaching through the interface between the the, the nerves and the uh, sensors, and I have developed a huge interest in that domain. So we'll see where that goes. Well, I read a lot of books on the brain as well, and it's interesting how you can change that. You can try to um, change the neural pathways by. You know, I know it's possible because I've seen improvements in my own situation, but it's just a matter of, you know, um, the, the technology and the science, science behind it. Not everyone knew that it was around and now it's becoming more cranial sacrum therapies, becoming more, you know, um, mainstream and um, massage therapy and some of these other things that were considered, you know, woo when I was a kid and my mom knew nothing you know my mom could would read an article and she couldn't find anybody in the whole entire state that was able to help and now those things are mainstream so I know um, in terms of the neuro changing the neural pathways um, it, it takes work but it is I feel like it is possible oh absolutely it is possible we're just not in the uh, frequency at which that operates on so once we get there, I think we'll, we'll, we'll make great waves. It will be another game changer. Yep, absolutely. Just so, like you and me. <laughs> yeah, that always, <laughs> always, uh, always onward and upward. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much, Don, again. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next thank time. You. Until then, look into yourself and find out what are your limiting beliefs.
suspend it and shoot for greatness because I believe in you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.